You're listening to More Than a Song, episode 105. Welcome to this episode of More Than a Song. My name is Michelle Nizat, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you discover the truth of Scripture hidden in today's popular Christian music. My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's Word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio, to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. When I looked up a simple definition of surrender this week, Merriam-Webster online says to surrender is to agree to stop fighting, hiding, and resisting. You know, when we surrender to God, we yield the power over our lives to Him. We stop fighting against His will and His direction. We stop hiding from His instructions, and we stop resisting His purpose for our days on this earth. This week's song, Touch the Sky by Hillsong United, is a song of surrender, and it leads us to a wonderful practice of surrender, and that is the practice of prayer. And before we get into a scriptural picture of surrender and the practice of prayer, I want to consider our Bible interaction tool exercise for this week. Each week we take a bite out of scripture, B-I-T-E is the acronym that I use for Bible interaction tool exercise. And this week's exercise is prayer. And so before you jump into scripture, you need to make it your habit to pray. Ask God for his wisdom. Ask God for his understanding of the words that you're reading on the page. This is a prayer that he will answer. In episode 86, our memory verse for the week was Philippians 2.13. And it says, God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. You know, we know that knowing and understanding his word is a priority. So we can ask for God to work in us, to give us the desire to read his word and the power necessary to understand it and the power to apply it as well. So before you jump into any scripture reading this week, pray. And since this week's episode is going to dive into the topic of prayer, keep listening and you'll have an even deeper understanding of how powerful prayer can be. When you lay down your life, truly surrendering to Christ, only then will you find true life. Your life in Christ is the only life that matters. 2 Corinthians 5.15 says that Christ died for all so that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for the one who died for them and was raised again. You know, but we seem to be scrambling. We're scrambling to live for ourselves. We fix our eyes on our problems instead of the author and finisher of our faith. We rehearse our sorrows instead of the greatness of God. We cling tightly instead of releasing in full surrender. And we're on the road to death thinking that we're holding on to life. 
We think if we let go that all will be lost. But Jesus himself said in Matthew chapter 16, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? I've found my life when I laid it down, but not my life the way I know it. Because when I'm born again, the old is gone and the new is put on. We must fully and unconditionally surrender ourselves to God. Total abandonment to God is the only way to true life in Christ. I'm going to go ahead and link to the story behind the song. It's a video where Joel Houston and Taya Smith discuss how this song is really about surrender. But every time I hear the lyric, I touch the sky when my knees hit the ground, I just picture myself falling to my knees before my Savior in surrender and in prayer. So there's this book that I read as a young woman. His, uh, it was written by R.A. Torrey, written in the 1900s. I think it was published in the year 1900. It's entitled How to Pray. And it was one of the most faith-changing books that I remember um, just in my youth. I pull it out again from time to time, and I pulled it out again this week to prepare a few thoughts for you today on prayer. And the very first chapter, R.A. Torrey sends us to Ephesians chapter 6, where there is an extremely powerful verse on prayer. And verse 18 says this, Praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication, to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. Look at all the alls. Praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication, keeping alert with all perseverance, and making supplication for all the saints. You know, praying at all times means that we're constantly praying. And then all prayer and supplication means that we're petitioning, we're praising, and we're thanking God. Since prayer includes all three kinds, all three things is, is considered prayer. If, you, if you're petitioning, it's prayer. If you're praising, it's prayer. If you're thanking God, it's prayer. Prayer includes our petitions, our praises, and our thanksgiving. Then all prayer would include all of these components, including supplication, which it's a big word, but it just means humbly pleading for our deep personal needs. So you've got this praying at all times, constantly praying, and then we've got this all prayer and supplication. So all of the variety of prayer and and this humble pleading. And then it says keeping alert with all perseverance. So keeping alert brings with it, if you look it up in the Greek, brings with it this idea of sleeplessness. It's figurative sleeplessness. It's not, God's not asking you to stay awake forever to keep praying, but it's this idea that you're being watchful. There, there's a version that says watchful. Um, and, and so again, just Keeping alert, being watchful, sleeplessness, watching for the answer without wavering, with perseverance or persistence. We're going to be persistent in our prayer. And then making supplication for all the saints. Remember, humbly pleading. So if we're going to be making supplication for all the saints, then we're going to be um, humbly pleading, not neglecting this humble pleading for the heartfelt needs of other believers. 
So when so we've just looked at one verse, but when we consider the context of where this verse is, it comes right after Paul's explanation of the armor of God. And so you're going to be, we're right there in that section of Ephesians chapter six, where it's discussing the armor of God. And the reason that we put on the armor of God, we're putting on each piece and then and praying in this constant, varied, humble, sleepless, persistent way so that we can be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Okay, so if you read that in context, you see this is why we're doing this. This is why we're putting on this armor. This is why we're praying. Oftentimes when you study the armor of God, you kind of stop. But if you look, the first letter of the word in our in our verse is lowercase. I mean, it goes with the context of putting on this armor of God. And the reason that we do it is because, and the reason that prayer is so important is because there is a devil and he schemes. He makes plans. He works against us. It says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Don't be uh, fooled. You know, you may be thinking that your struggle is against a person or um, a government or um, uh, a judge or um, a, a boss or or a friend. But there are there are there are schemes. The devil has schemes in the heavenly places. And so we are wrestling against this. And so we need this armor and we need this prayer that we've been that we've been discussing and unpacking today and we can touch the sky we can pull back the curtain of the heavenly places when we pray but the prayer that Paul is talking about here is this constant varied humble sleepless persistent prayer and as I read these words I'm convicted because that's not always the kind of prayer that I have I often have quick thoughtless, um, inconsistent prayer. And the, that's not what's being described here. The kind of prayer that that God is calling us to is this constant, varied, humble, sleepless, persistent prayer. And so another reason why this type of prayer is important is because it is God's design for obtaining his favor and blessing. And our neglect of prayer, by the way, leads to the powerlessness that we experience in our daily lives. James 4.2 simply teaches that you do not have because you do not ask God. Now, I want to be careful not to take this out of context. There is rich teaching around this verse. But for the average Christian, this part is just challenging enough because it's not, we're just not even asking. Okay, all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. You know, this this hymn that comes to mind. And so, um, again, don't take this verse out of context, but realize that even in context, even alone, it is still true. We do not have because we're just simply not asking. Now, if you've not seen the movie War Room, I want you to see it immediately. It's at the red box. I checked today. Um, it's for sale at your local Christian bookstore. I'll link to it on Amazon Amazon if you want to purchase it in the show notes. I'm going to also link to this wonderful scene where this steadfast prayer warrior of a woman, Miss Clara, asks her real estate agent, Elizabeth, if her prayer life was hot or cold. I'm going to link to the scene. It's great. Um, Elizabeth meanders around the subject until she finally says, well, 
I'm not cold. I'm not, I'm not hot, but I'm not cold either. You know, just somewhere in the middle. So Miss Clara goes to the kitchen and she fixes some coffee and she brings her a cup. And uh, the cup that she gives Elizabeth is actually a cup of lukewarm coffee. And as she, Elizabeth takes a sip, she's, oh, she's taken aback. And she says, Miss Clara, you like your coffee room temperature? And Miss Clara replies, blowing on her steaming cup of hot coffee. No, baby, mine's hot. Now, it's one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie, but it just gives this beautiful picture of the fact that, you know, if you were to describe your own prayer life, it was so convicting as I saw that scene, because if I were to describe my my prayer life, is it hot or am I making excuses? Do I have not? Because I simply do not ask. Now, there's a lot of rich teaching about prayer, but again, just First things first, you have to pray. And I want your prayer life to be constant and varied and humble and sleepless and persistent. But step one, you must pray. You have not because you do not ask God. Of course, I can't help but keep reading for those of you who insist that you do spend time in prayer, but you still don't seem seem to get answers. The verse goes on and says, when you do ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. Remember what our song is talking about. It's talking about surrender and we're laying our own agendas down. We're laying down our lives to take up the life Christ has for us. When we start to align our prayer with the desires of God, when we give up our own agenda, when we give up our faulty motives, God will pour out his answers exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or even think. Now, another reason for this constant, varied, humble, sleepless, and persistent pattern of prayer is that the apostles, the very men that God spoke his holy word through, the apostles regarded prayer as the most important business of their lives. In the early church, when the number of followers of Christ were growing exponentially, it became increasingly difficult to to meet the very real felt needs of the people. And so the apostles decided to delegate some of the tasks to qualified men. And it was important work, but the apostles elevated prayer and ministry of the word even higher than this important work. And you see this in Acts chapter 6, verse 2, we read, So the twelve gathered together all the disciples and said, It would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. So again, it's not it's not saying that the work that was needed was not important. They weren't being elitists about the whole thing. They just understood that the importance of prayer and the study of the word, the ministry of the word was of greater value than anything else. It's evident even that Paul spent much of his time praying for the churches and the people that he wrote letters to. At the beginning of you read the beginning of almost all of Paul's letters and he's going to say things like, I never cease to pray for you. I never cease to mention you in my prayers. I give thanks for you and pray for your specific needs like wisdom and understanding. So again, all of that, if it's important to the apostles, that should be a good example to us that it's really, really important. But the weightiest reason 
for our constant, varied, humble, sleepless, and persistent prayer is that prayer occupied a very prominent place and played a very important role in the life, the earthly life of Jesus Christ. He is our Lord and our Savior. He is our ultimate example, and prayer was extremely important to him. In Mark one thirty-five, we read, Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Similarly, in Luke 6.12, we read, One of those days, Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. Prayer took much of the time and strength of Jesus. And so if we are to be a follower of Jesus, we must follow his example. In fact, prayer is Jesus's current ministry too. Did you know that? Did you realize that? When you read in Hebrews chapter 7, 25, it states that Jesus is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. Romans 8.34 confirms this as well. It says, Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Jesus Christ right now is pleading with the Father on your behalf. He is interceding. He is making supplication. He is praying for you. So how much more important is it to follow the pattern of his life on earth and his eternal life in heaven and obey God when he instructs us to offer constant, varied, humble, sleepless, and persistent prayer? So we pray as an act of surrender. Remember, we lay our life down because in losing it, we save it. And we save it for the life we lead in Christ. That includes grace and mercy. And we obtain that grace and that mercy through prayer. Hebrews 4.16 says, So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. That is one of my most favorite verses. In fact, it's going to be our memory verse for this week. Subscribers to my website get a verse to display on their smartphone, their desktop, or tablet each week as a memory verse resource. And I love this one. So through prayer, we obtain grace and mercy and fullness of joy. John 16, 24 says, Jesus says, until now you've asked for nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. So not only is our constant, varied, humble, sleepless, and persistent prayer, the path to grace, mercy, and fullness of joy, but it's also the path to peace. You know, last week we talked about getting entangled in the affairs of this life. And the way to get untangled is to pray. Philippians 4 verses 6 and 7 teaches, it says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes, surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. All of these are phenomenal reasons for prayer. But have you considered what prayer accomplishes? Prayer brings power into our work, not for our glory and our kingdom building, but for God's alone. But coupled with prayer is power. And prayer leads, leads to the salvation of others. Prayer 
uh, can lead to healing of others. Prayer promotes our spiritual growth as almost nothing else. True prayer and true Bible study go hand in hand. And as I mentioned at the top of the episode, prayer is a Bible interaction tool exercise. You can pray for understanding wisdom and application as you read God's word and he will transform the way you think because you've asked him to. Oh, there's so much more to say about all of this, but we need to wrap up. So what's next? Well, first things first, pray. Pray each day this week before you put your feet on the floor. Pray before you crack open your Bible. Pray constantly each time it comes to your mind. Lift your petitions, your praise, and your thanksgiving to God. Pray in varied ways. Humbly plead for your needs. Watch for God to answer by praying in an expectant and a sleepless way. Don't give up. Be persistent. If you don't know what to pray for, then pray that God will give you an unreasonable desire for his word. And at that point, open up Ephesians chapter 6. Study verses 10 through 20. Consider the foundation of today's discussion. And read that section. Read it in a variety of translations. Roll it around in your mind and look at it from different angles. And then while you're in God's word this week, let me know how you're doing. Email me, michelle at michellekneezat.com. Hop on Twitter or Facebook and we can talk about what you're learning. Now, before I tell you what song will be featured next week, I want to shout out to Charlotte from Indiana, Marielos from Guatemala, Renee from Oklahoma, Heather from Alabama, Laura from New Jersey. They are my newest subscribers to my website. Welcome. Now, the benefit of subscribing is that I will email you once a week. And in that email, you'll get a weekly memory verse resource, as I mentioned earlier. And you'll get also get an email recap of the week's episode. And you get instant access to any extra resources that I create from time to time for my episodes. It's just my way to say thank you for listening. So head over to michellekneezat.com and subscribe today. Now listen, don't miss an episode of my my podcast. You can subscribe directly in iTunes and it will come straight into your device, your smartphone. And while you're there, would you please leave me a written review and a star rating? It encourages me, but it helps me stay visible to new listeners as well and gives me credibility. And as always, if you take the time to review my podcast, I will take the time to personally thank Thank you right here on the podcast. Just like Eric, who said, thank you for your boldness and showing your love for him. I enjoy listening each week. Such a great starting point to get the wheels turning. I will keep you and everyone involved in the, in the production of this podcast in my prayers. Thank you for being his hand and feet, changing the world one podcast at a time. Well, thank you so much, Eric. And most of all, thank you for your prayers. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. Next week, I will use Who I Am by Blanca to jump into scripture. That was a special request by my daughter, Meredith. And if you liked this episode, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With just one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michellekneezat.com forward slash 105. 
While you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways.